for all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome everybody to the Anthony and the B-Fly Show. Y'all just heard the people butterfly show intro, but it's all good nevertheless, you guys. Uh, Anthony and B-Fly up on here this evening, you guys. And of course, I know you guys have been wondering, like, where have Anthony and B-Fly been? Well, we have been on the go, um, job stuff, family stuff. Um, a lot of stuff is going on. And so we have made it out in our schedule to be able to come with you guys live this evening, you guys. And we got a special show lined up for you guys. But you guys know that Anthony and the B-Fly Show is not complete without the main man himself. Anthony, you there? I am. I am. How you doing, B-Fly? I'm doing great. I got to work on our promo. You, you know, the beautiful butterfly show promo just hopped on in there. Um, but <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hey, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. How you doing? So what's going doing? on in? I'm doing great. What's going on in, in Chicago? Actually, there's no, there's no worries, no complaints. The weather has finally broke here. So, you know, we're averaging about 80, 80 degrees or better. Sometimes okay. get, one day it was a few days we had almost 100 degrees. It's been fairly pretty wow. sunny for the most part. A little rain here and there. But, you know, the weather has finally kicked in, though, nevertheless. Um, everything is going great. There's no complaints, no worries here. So the weather is good. So we're just trying to get out as much as possible and enjoy that weather. So it's all good. And it's great, great, great. It's been, it's been hot here. It's been like um, 80, 85. Uh, it has been smoking um, here. So I'm hoping that it will cool off for the weekend. But nevertheless, I hope to have a, a decent pretty weekend. So, But, yeah, of course. Oh, so, yeah. Um, of course, everybody knows tonight uh, we got a great topic tonight, you guys. We're going to be talking about yes, yes. living with a non-affectionate parent. And then later on in the show, we're going to touch a little bit on um, the Orlando shooting, um, if time permits us, you guys. But the main focus tonight, we're talking about living with a non-affectionate parent. And one of the reasons, um, Anthony, I, I wanted to do this show, which I, I've been trying to do this show for like two months, y'all, two months. Yeah. I've been yes, trying, yes, you have. Me and Anthony been trying to do this show, but our schedules have just been crazy. But I wanted to do this show because I was having a, a conversation uh, with a good friend, uh, Tamika Singleton, and uh, uh, which actually is a great friend of um, Anthony's as well. But Tamika was talking about mm-hmm. how um, she, you know, was, was talking about a friend that she had who was in this, uh, you know, having this kind of very – tense relationship with their parent and how, you know, you have a lot of people in this world who long to have a relationship uh, with their parents, but it's something that they struggle with constantly. So, you know, we have people who have, uh, you know, dealing with their parents. They, they may not have ever heard their parents tell them that they love them, they care about them, never show them any type of affection, hug, whatever. And so it's just been challenging for them to have a relationship, you know, with their parent. And so, Anthony, what are your thoughts? What are your What are your first thoughts when it comes to this topic of of living, you know, with a, with a non affectionate parent? Oh, uh, this is an excellent topic, and it's definitely a, a real topic. Um, I think personally that everyone handles this situation differently because um, you can have parents that tell you. They tell you, I love you, I love you every day, but they may not actually show you that they love you, love you every day. Then you can have those parents um, that never tell you, but their actions and their support shows you daily. Um, Words mean everything to a lot of people, to really not a lot of people, to all of us. So to have those words said and and to be backed up by actions is definitely real important. Um, Right. I can say I have met, especially I, I can have one, you know, young lady in mind, and she's I think she's like 42, 43, um, that struggles yeah. with this, especially from her mom. Um, she's always um, wanted that somewhat 
the, that affection um, to, to mm-hmm. be heard and told that, hey, I love you and this and that and other. And it has affected her the way she deal with um, her own personal relationships. Now, she, now yeah. I can say that she's a, a great mother in the sense that she doesn't follow that same trait that her mom has followed, but deep down it, it does bother you. And I think it would bother anyone. I think what today's show will hopefully bring out is ways for people to try to um, break that barrier and to move yeah. forward from them. Because, but it, it is a hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's the thing, and I was um, sharing uh, with Tamika is, is that I found to see this kind of dynamic between parents and their children for me when I was in middle school because my mom was the kind of mom, she was always at the PTA, <laughs> you know, if I had a if I had mm-hmm. a, a band concert, she was always there. But I've all, I always noticed those kids that nobody was there for. You know, nobody right. was there to see their performances and so forth. And not saying that their parents were like that, but some parents, you know, were working and so forth. But there was a good bit of, of students who had those type of parents who didn't really care what they did, you know, one way or the other. You know, they might have mm-hmm. excelled very well in school, but they just had a parent who wasn't that in tune with them. You know, I remember a girl in my class mm-hmm. who, you know, her thing was she had a mom who pretty much would bring, you know, a male in their home, you know, kind of like clockwork. So she she never really okay. knew who, you know, was going to be there and so forth. And so her trying to have that connection with her mom just wasn't there. You know, so for her, uh-huh. she was very much so introverted. You know, she kind of stayed to herself. Uh, she wasn't really open um, to talking, but only to a, a select few of people. And so, you know, uh-huh. what, and then as we got older and became teenagers, you know, she kind of got out there uh, being – you know, a little promiscuous and so forth. And I kind of, you know, feel like it's because she didn't have that solid foundation, you know, and that relationship with her mom. You know, she felt like she, you know, wanted to get out and, and find those, you know, whatever she was looking for in all the wrong places and so forth. So you have a lot of kids who, you know, are in school and they have those parents who really don't even care or pay much attention, you know, to what they're doing. Yeah, that's very true. And now that you mention that, um, I thought of a young guy um, that didn't have his mom in his life that much or his mom didn't show affection, and he admitted that that brought a a kind of hate um, toward any woman. So he grew up, went into his um, adulthood pretty much hating women and not knowing how to respect them. So he pretty much just used them. Um, you know, didn't care mm-hmm. about, you know, how he treated them or, or nothing like that. So that's why I say it's different effects. And in the young lady that I was speaking yeah. of before, she's a, a great parent, um, but when it comes to her own personal friendships, um, with whether they're mm-hmm. male or female, when it comes to her own personal relationships, um, trying to be in a relationship with somebody, she struggles with that, you know, but she's a great parent. So everyone has has different ways on how they, you know, internalize um, that situation. And then to add to another point, I didn't even realize for me when I had, you know, uh, quite a few uh, male friends, uh, a lot of them admitted to me personally around, you know, in my younger 30s that they looked up to my dad and always came around or visited my dad even when I wasn't there because they needed that from him because they didn't have it in their own life with their own dad. So I didn't even right. know that. Like, a lot of my friends came to me like, man, I should always go to visit your pops and chop it up with him and, and just sit down and talk to him because, you know, he was so real about life and certain things and certain areas of life that I needed that. So everyone, mm-hmm. you know, needs it. You know, whether you come yeah. from a two-parent home or a single-parent home, and then everyone also deals with it and internalizes it differently. You know, and, mm-hmm. I, and again, I, I just think this this is something that this show will bring out um, on how Definitely. you can deal with it. Now, I can know from talking to the young lady and talking to that to that to that um, young man who 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 had these issues. Um, the first thing, just almost like anything else, was to truly admit that it bothered them. 
because for a long time they would just say, oh, they don't bother me. You know, I don't care if my mother don't care about me or don't show me or don't mm-hmm. tell me. I don't care if my mom wasn't really around or I didn't have a dad. They just go out here and build, like you said, that young lady did, like a, a like a, a, a quiet self or just be remote, be more reserved or do certain things. But it finally took right. them in a place in life where they had to admit, honestly admit, that it was something that bothered them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, it, you know, and, and you were speaking of a young lady and it, it deals with how in terms she relates to people. And I think uh, that's something that a lot of us don't think about, about how, you know, growing up in certain environments, whether you're dealing with um, some abuse in the home or maybe somebody's doing some heavy drinking or all of that. And so a lot of times those different little things that are going on in our household, um, you know, that they stick with us, you know, and they follow us into adulthood, unfortunately, sometimes. And so a lot of times you have parents whom, and I'm going to share um, the story that, because uh, Tamika, she's at work, but she actually sent um, her comments in for the show tonight. Okay, uh, great. But she talked about um, how, you know, um, you know, when people are dealing with this, it affects how they interact with people as far as relationships and even their own children. You know, you have to think right. about it. If you weren't taught, you know, what love is or affection or praising and rewarding, you're not going to be able to give it to your children, you know, because right. you have no idea what it is. So a lot of times, you know, we can't always say, you know, what is the parents' fault. Sometimes it goes even farther than that. Sometimes it's generational. You know, it's a generational mm-hmm. thing where, you know, they learned, you know, from their parents and their parents learned from their parents about not loving. You know, not showing that affection, right. not giving those uh, words of affirmation or praise to their children. So, um, but yeah, I want to uh, share uh, Tamika's story. Um, okay. For the folks out there here. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and while I pull it up, Anthony, what do you think? Um, do you think at the end of the or in the process of parents who, you know, feel this way, do you think that? the cycle can be broken. Can the cycle be broken where yes. a person can love, you know, in spite of? Yeah, that's a great question. That's, that's exactly what I was going to talk about because I wanted to be in a courageous situation, you know. For the Absolutely. people that, I, that I've personally known and, and even for um, some of the things I've experienced in my life, you know, growing up with, you know, both of my parents, um, you can – it takes a strong person, <laughs> first of all. I want to say that. It takes a right. strong individual, but – you can break the cycle, whatever that cycle is. You can break it, but the first thing that you have to realize is first admitting that you was in in a bad generational or just your parents' um, cycle. But you can right. do it. You know, it's ways to do it, and, and, and it, it takes a strong person, but you, it, it can be done. You know, but it mm-hmm. has to start with you and knowing what's wrong and what's right or what you want to do differently towards your children. And, and, and things for me, some of the things that I may have not agreed with with my parents growing up or what have you, because I think we all go through that as we get older, I just made yeah. it a point to try to do things a little bit differently um, in those areas, you know, and, and it right. goes so forth. I made it a point to just do whatever that was. And, and for the individuals I have discussed that with and who have became great parents and moved forward from that, that's what it was for them. They said, I know I'm not going to be perfect. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to do some things that's wrong. But when it comes to come in these certain areas as of as, as trying to be a parent, I'm going to make sure that mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do pretty okay so that my children won't be affected the way I was right. in that aspect. So the bottom, the bottom right. line to it is that, yeah, any cycle – can be broken, but it is hard, yeah. and it does take a strong person. Absolutely. And I think you have to be, um, at the end of the day, you have to be conscious, you know, of, of what's going on um, around you, especially once you get older. You know, when we're younger, sometimes we don't notice things, but as an adult, you know, you have to be mm-hmm. conscious of, of what's taking place because a lot of times, you know, things don't hit us. Sometimes we don't realize, okay, wow, you know, there, there's been some things that, have been said that, you know, that, you know, really didn't sit well with me or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or maybe I didn't like the way, you know, when I did come home with good grades on my report card, I didn't get any praise. I just said, oh, you know, my, my mom or dad might just said, you know, okay, 
you know, you, you can do better next time. And I know parents like that as well. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. parents who want children who are overachievers, you know, good is mm-hmm. never good enough. You know, they want them to do even better. So you have a lot of kids who, you know, we're talking about those who people who have non-affectionate parents and those parents who may not be involved. But then the flip side of it is that you have those parents who want you to do more. You know, even though you're doing mm-hmm. good, they want you to do even better. You know, so a lot of people um, deal with that as well. But I did want to read um, what Tamika was saying. She says, I know a few people who long for the love and praise of their parents and never received for their identity, halted their growth all the way into adulthood and made them question their identity, even their existence. As they thought about suicide, their parents crushed them with manipulation and discouragement in some instances and completely absent, rejected with no apology or accountability in other instances. Mother and fathers abandoned their children I've wiped away tears, cried with them, helped them, and told them I loved them. All the things that they wished they could get from their parents, they said I gave to them. I'm more than family uh, for most of them um, than their parents are. One even called to wish me a happy Mother's Day a couple of times. However, I know I could never replace the love they need from their parents. Uh, These individuals have accepted their parents for who they are but it still hurts them knowing they won't have the relationship they need and desire with their parents. Any form of relationship they have now is so somewhat strained. Um, the damage um, has already been done for most. Um, and she said, in this case, this particular person said they moved away from their parents and now they don't um, associate with them. And so mm-hmm. I asked her, you know, if this person had children, and she said they don't, but what she later found out is their grandparents, and we were talking about this a little bit ago uh, about the, the cycle, their grandparents um, are the ones who implemented this into her, you know, their particular parents. And she said that manipulation is a generational issue. She said it leaves the kids struggling to break, um, to break the cycle. And you mentioned that as well, like how it's hard you know, to break that cycle mm-hmm. once, you know, something has been embedded in you um, for so long. It's hard trying to, to change that. And I think that a lot of times, um, and I'm not sure, I think it depends on, you know, once again what type of parents you are. But I think sometimes we just have to sit down with our parents and, and talk about mm-hmm. certain things. And some parents, you know, they're going to be with it. Some parents are not. But it used to be some mm-hmm. certain things that my my mom would do or say, and I'd be like, whoo, whoo, that was real cut, mm-hmm. you know, like, did you say mm-hmm. that, you know? And so, and it would make me feel a certain type of way. And so I would just ignore it, but I would still be hurting from something that she might have said or the way she said it. So what I learned as I got older, you know what, I'm going to talk to my mom about about the, these particular things that she says sometimes. So. You know, me having that conversation with my mom, you know, she didn't realize, you know, she didn't realize how much, how what she was saying, you know, affected me so. You know, she Mm -hmm. might have been saying it in a jokingly manner or whatnot, but for me, you know, I took it personal and and so forth. And so uh, over the years, she has learned, you know, we're learning each other, and so she has learned, you know, what certain things, you know, not to say and work on how you say things. And so a lot of times it just breaks down to the basis of communication, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of getting people out of a habit, you know. And, and we think because our parents are older, you know, we, we feel like, okay, well, they, they should know this. But sometimes our parents mm-hmm. learn from us, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, all excellent points. Um and that's what I've learned, you know, and I, and I always say this to, uh, you know, all my friends as we coming up and we getting older in age that, you know, as our, as our children get older that, you know, we're going we're gonna to one day have to pay the piper because every, I think every child yeah. at least once or maybe twice in their lifetime confronts their parents about some things that they felt that was wrong. I just think that's mm-hmm. the, you know, evolution in nature. I just think that's the way things go. I know I did it with my parents and I'm pretty yeah. sure my children will do the same thing with me. Um, but yeah. it's the way you do it, the same way you didn't like um, how your parents confronted you, 
you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to confront them that same way. Like right. you just mentioned, it should be right. some sort of sit-down situation and just explain to them because a lot of times, you know, there's no right and wrong being a parent, simply put, right. unless you're just outright trying to burn your child or kill your child or something like that. But when you're just trying to yeah. do the best that you can, there's no right or wrong. Whether I agree with it, B-Fly agree with it or not, it really is no right or wrong when you're being a parent. The best you can do right. is the best you can do. Now, a lot of times us being parents, we don't realize some of the things that we say or some of the things that we do may very well affect our children for the rest or a great portion of their lives. So our parents right. didn't really realize that because they thought what they was taught was the absolute best way of raising a child. But Right. One great thing about, you know, social media and knowledge and Google and stuff, if if you use it correctly, you can look up certain things and, and show yourself and show your parents, like, hey, maybe this yeah. wasn't the best route. Maybe this wasn't the best thing to say or do. Right. But, again, it has to be two people sitting to the table, a group of right. people sitting to the table with respect for one another. Right, absolutely, absolutely agree, absolutely, you guys. And, uh, of course, uh, you guys who are just tuning in, we are talking about living with a non-affectionate parent, you guys. So if you're out there, you got your own personal story to share uh, or you want to give some insight to this topic, feel free to call in, you guys. The number is 347-326-9139. And uh, we're going to pay a few bills, you guys, and we're going to come back more and uh, engage in this topic even more, uh, you guys, right here on the Anthony and the B-Fly Show. Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Vivian comes from anything but a happy home. She is sheltered, young, and beautiful with a life that is filled with drama and pain, trusting no one. Vivian makes a habit of covering up her bruises and pretending that all is well. DeMarco is a young police officer who thinks he is living the perfect married life. The unforgiving streets of Queens, New York are about to show him that he couldn't be more wrong. His wife's dirty secrets are exposed and DeMarco is left to decide if he still wants his marriage. Intimidated by Love by Melody S. Available now at all online book retailers. Official sign with Universal Miss Renetta Mays with You Got Me Open live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Taylor Kennedy Media, and of course, your radio network.com. Buy that, cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn it, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mays, You Got Me Open. everyone to the Anthony and the B-Fly show, you guys, tonight we're talking about living with a non-affectionate parent, you guys, and if you're out there, make sure you go and download our new app available on iPhone and Android, you guys, that's YRN 1328, and you can listen not only to the Anthony and the B-Fly show, but you can listen to all of the other awesome hosts and their platforms that are over here on your radio network, you guys. Um, So, Anthony, I wanted to ask you. Um, for those individuals, um, and Tamika kind of mentioned it, what she shared about how some people who, unfortunately, you know, they get to a point where they feel like the relationship with their parents may be uh, unrepairable, and they just kind of have to separate. So do you believe that 
sometimes that's what's best. Like sometimes we just have to kind of, you know, just separate ourselves from people um, when we feel like, you know, there's, there's no way of reconnecting or making things better um, between that relationship between a, a, a child and their parent. Um, I'll say sometimes. Um, I can only go by my own personal experience. It was actually a time right. that me and my dad didn't talk for probably a little bit over a year um, for okay. various dis- different reasons on my side and probably various different reasons on his side. Um, but after that yeah. year, close to almost two years, we reconnected, and ever since, our relationship has been no like no other. It's been better. It's been great and everything. And, again, mm-hmm. I was raised in a two-parent home, but it was just something right. that was done and said on both our ends. I also take responsibility, too, because, you know, and that's another thing I always want to try to put in people in perspective. Yeah. You have to also yeah. look at some of the behaviors that you brought to the table because I know mm-hmm. you wasn't a perfect child. Even though your parent might right. say that they loved you <laughs> or they cared for you and this and that and yeah. the other, certain yeah. situations, you know, not all situations, because some situations you just have yeah. some parents that just say they don't care. But you also have to just, my point to it is that you have to see what you brought to the table as well. So in some Absolutely. in some instances, yeah, it does take um, that separation for a while. But I also want to add that I don't feel it should be something that's permanent because you only have okay. one of these lives, you know. So right. I think at some point somebody should try to be the bigger person. And even if it's just the last words you say were like, you know, dad or mom, you never showed me anything, but I want you to know that I love you. And and if that's right. the last words you say to your parents, at least that's the last words that you say to your parents. You know, it right. should be at some point that you try to have some sort of connection um, with your, your parent, your siblings, uh, anything like that, because you only get one of these lives. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about, you know, taking uh, responsibility and being accountable for what we do, because a lot of times, you know, we say things, especially in the heat of the moment, that can be very hurtful right. to people, you know, and we we feel like, okay, you know, we, we've said what we said, but we don't know how it may have impacted that person. So, I, yeah, I think it is good to take some time to sit back and reflect on, you know, well, what kind of what part did you play in it as well? And like you said, it takes two willing participants, you know, to try to make things better. Um, I think a lot of times people may go into these situations and they feel like, you know, where they're the only one trying. And my thing is, you know, you try until, you know, you, you feel like you, you, you've, you've tried enough. You know, we can't tell okay. you, you know, your point or your limits of right. what you need to stop trying to repair any type of relationship. But I think that for most people, you know, we know when enough is enough um, and we've done. And like you said, um, even the situation between you and your dad, you know, having that time apart, um, really worked out good for you guys because you were able to come right. even better, you know, and develop a relationship. And so sometimes we have to take that time apart where you putting pride on the shelf, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just come together and, and it makes things better. Um, but I think you have to be willing, put the effort in, you know, to make things work and to communicate. And then uh, one of the things, and we've talked about this with, uh, uh, before, uh, counseling, especially with, with our African-American mm-hmm. people. That's a big one because, you know, when they, when we talk about going to counseling or going to therapy, uh, some of us immediately are like, no, I'm not doing it, I'm mm-hmm. not participating, you know, but there's nothing even wrong with going down, you know, and having getting a counselor to have some type of uh, family mediation, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. if you got two refs, in the boxing ring trying to depict, you know, who started the fight mm-hmm. or who said what, you know, nothing is ever going to get accomplished. So when you have a third party who's, you know, able to help you guys, you know, kind of um, come to a, a peaceful agreement on the way things should be, I think, you know, it could work out for the best. Yeah, it could. And I want to add a couple of things about counseling because yes. I think a lot of times for me, when uh, people just say the word counseling or say maybe have you tried counseling that, I also want to let people know that that's not an easy thing, too. Like, I've tried counseling with my son, with my daughter, with the whole family, with myself, and things of that nature. But one thing that we have to realize about counseling, it's like a a training wheel. If you're not really willing to open up 
it doesn't matter. You're pretty much just wasting your job resources or you're wasting your money. And secondly, the first counselor you get does not always mean that's the best counselor. Sometimes you have to do some shopping. So in other words, let's say if me and B-Fly are having some issues and we decide to go to counseling, and we may pick the worst counselor in the world. You know, we might have reviewed <laughs> yeah. them and they got three or four stars or whatever, but what they're saying and doing in our in our situation doesn't make any sense to us. That does not mean right. that we give up on counseling. That means we continue right. to shop around for a better counseling. So I, I, mm-hmm. I want to, like, kind of give you kind of like a people a process when you do decide to accept counseling. The first thing is that the whole entire party, you and the individual or group, have to really be willing to put everything on the table and to try to help the situation. The second thing is that if you do run into someone, a counselor, that you feel is not doing their job or they're not helping you, that doesn't mean give up on counseling. That means just try to shop around and find a better counselor. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. And I think, like, sometimes uh, we feel, and, and I know some people, uh, <laughs> might, this might be a red flag for some people, but, you know, some people, especially if you're in the church, you know, everybody says go talk to the pastor about, you know, <laughs> what, what's going on and, hey, maybe the pastor's not the one you need to talk to. You know, because sometimes, you know, they might be biased one way or the other. You know, if your mama's been in the church for 20 years, pastor might lean towards what your mama is saying more so than you, you know. So sometimes, like you said, you you have to shop around and find out, you know, who's going to be the best fit for both of you guys, you know, somebody that you both can agree um, on who's willing uh, to help you guys, um, you know, get back to where you need to be. And uh, once again, I want to tell the folks out there, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139. All you have to do is press the number one, and we'll be happy to bring you in here on the line. And I wanted to ask you something, Anthony. I was reading in um, Ashley Psychology today, and it talked about mm-hmm. how and we were talking about on this topic, we're talking about, you know, non-affection, and that can mean verbal um, and nonverbal. But a lot of times um, I'm also talking about, uh, you know, parents simply giving their children a hug or, you know, kiss on the cheek or, or what have you. But it talks about um, in this article, adolescent boys are the least susceptible to affection, meaning hugging. Um, since now in today's world, a lot of males, uh, once they, you know, get into that teenage range, find hugging and that sign of affection unmanly. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think a lot of young boys, you know, don't like to hug because they feel like, oh, I feel like a baby mom or, or it makes them feel unmanly? I, I think that's just a teenage thing because I, I remember, yeah. you know, and my daughter, my daughter started entering the teenage uh, realm. Yeah. Um, she didn't really like that as much anymore. She didn't really like if I tried to hug or kiss her, and and it's, you know, and I think it's an individual thing because I, I think about yeah. you know when me when me and my son, my son was still we were still you know clap and, and give like a you know I guess what you call a man a manly hug or whatever. It never really affected our relationship to a certain degree, um, and we've always had a thing where we <laughs> tell each other you know I love you. But I think mm-hmm. generally, yeah, you do find that probably in teenagers, but I'm not so sure if it's more um, in boys than girls. I'm just speaking upon Mm -hmm. in my world. I'm not sure, but I I can say that that does make a lot of sense because just think about when you were a teenager or when I was a teenager. We go through so many different emotions. We're trying to be our own person, and then at the same sense, we really can't be our own person because to be your own person, you need certain resources. You need money. You need a place to stay. So, you know, you're kind of struggling with that. It's like your parents come in and be like, hey, clean up your room, and you kind of want to say, I clean it up when I get ready. But you really truthfully can't because, you know, you're still in their domains. It's a struggle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a struggle. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, which is true because uh, we we get to a point, as my grandma used to say, you know, where we kind of smell it ourselves when we get when we yeah. get to a certain yeah. age because you know we feel like, man, you know, I'm kind of grown, you know, especially guys, you know, they voice get a little deeper for the girls, you know, we getting them first bras and all this all this type of stuff, so we feel like, you know, we a woman now and and we have arrived and and so certain things, you know, can't 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 go down, you know, in the household and so forth. And um but what about words? Uh, 
of affirmation, words of praise. How important um, do you, uh, Anthony, as a parent, believe this generally affects and molds um, our children, you know, as they grow up even into adulthood? I didn't realize how powerful it was until my my children came back to me and said they that's one thing they they loved about me on how even if I um, even if they didn't do so well in something or even if they made a mistake mm-hmm. how I would always come back and try to bring some sort of positivity to it and it, and then that right. made me rethink like wow I guess it does make a difference you know because. I just did that, I guess, because that's how my mom would do me. You know, like, okay, you did mess up or you did F up here, but I'm proud of you for this. I'm proud of you for that. So I try to, you know, be the same way with my children. So I guess that's what you mentioned earlier about communication. I guess Mm -hmm. that's when communication comes in. Like, if you have that line of communication with your children or with your with your friend or with your husband or wife or with your business partner or whatever, I, just, cause I think it's all universal, then right. these things will start to come up in just a general conversation. Well, you know, I appreciate the times when, you know, when obviously I made a mistake or I messed up, but you still said, but, you know, you're doing a good job, you're learning, or you're doing this, and you bring some type of positive energy to it. So, yeah, it does make a, a great deal of difference. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you can see, like, a a lot of times on on children's faces, you can see what happens, you know, when you praise them, you know, for having that good report card or or maybe it's doing a certain chore or task around the house. A lot of times you can tell from the expression, you know, on your child's face, you know, what it kind of does for them. And I think we sometimes we always, we kind of have to remember that, especially as parents, because like you said, there's no rule book for being a parent. I think it's just all in, you know, really, really being observant of your child and seeing how they react to certain things you say and you do. And it lets you know kind of some of the things that you have to continue doing for them. You know, some kids look forward to, you know, you praising them for having a good day at school or Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Sometimes, you know, we feel like, well, you're just supposed to be good in school. (laughs) You know, like that's what you're just supposed to do. But, you know, having, you know, telling a kid, like, I'm I'm proud of you, you know, for doing what you need to do in school and and maybe rewarding them in in a way that you see fit uh, works out best as well. But I think that, you know, a lot of times we, we, kind of fall into the norm and we kind of slack off with things, but we have to remember that our children like being praised and rewarded just like some of us as adults do. Yeah. I mean, we all do as human beings. Even yeah. even if you got a pet, if you got a dog or a cat, <laughs> they like being praised right. too. You can tell that they you can tell that their <laughs> behavior is different when you praise them or you, you treat them because they didn't eat up your shoes or, or, or you know, stuff like that. So I think every human <laughs> Every every living being, you know, likes that. It's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is absolutely true. And um, uh, what I want to do is uh, I want to take just another small break. And when we come back, uh, cool. we're going to talk about um, ways how to um, make, you know, these certain relationships even better. You know, whether you are an adult trying to make a um, relationship um, work even better um, with your parent um, or um, you know, maybe you are, as a parent, parents out there who are listening, you know, you're trying to make that relationship uh, with your child um, even better. Uh, we're just going to give some of our ways that we've learned over the years on, on how to create better communication and so forth between your children and your parents, you guys. So stay tuned in, you guys. You're listening to the Anthony and the B-Fly show right here on your radio network. the creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life changing events and if that's not enough Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book The Four Horsemen His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book Life's Little Addiction and when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his work available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. Sometimes I feel 
like a motherless child Sometimes I feel like a motherless child Sometimes I feel like a motherless child Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Every now and then, I feel her creeping through my memories. And I wonder, does she ever think about me? She's got my emotions feeling a little perplexed all because she left. She's got me feeling like I'm undeserving, like I'm unworthy of knowing a mother's love. But I knew, I knew the moment he ejaculated me into her womb that it was way too soon. That she wasn't ready yet to be the woman I needed her to be. So sometimes, I try not to question why she parted with her unmature seed. She couldn't watch me grow, had no time to sow her love into me. She walked away and never looked back because for her, for her I was a harsh reality. But I still wonder, does she ever think about me? On that one day a year, does my birth bleed through her and disturb her sanctuary? Or is the situation quite contrary and she feels tranquility? Because she thinks she did the best by me. When she when she reads the paper and kids are found dead in the street, does it ever occur to her that that might have been me? Does she play along with the fantasy that I am a motherless child? Does she accept the fact that she wasn't around? And I, I think to myself, how can she live with what she did? I feel a little jealous sometimes, wondering... Does she have more kids? I ponder the thought, did she keep them? Which brings me to question myself and ask, was it something that I did? But then I stopped because I knew it was way too soon. The moment he ejaculated me into her womb. That she wasn't ready to be the woman I needed her to be. So I remain a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child a long way from home a long 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 way from home Welcome back, everyone, to the Anthony and the B-Fly show. You guys, once again, make sure you go check out our app available on your iPhone and Android. That's YRN 1328. And uh, if you guys are wondering, that piece was entitled Motherless Child by poet herself, Flowetted Flo Malone. You guys, you watched the show um, last month on the Beautiful Butterfly show. So you guys definitely go and support her album entitled Flowetic Tears. Um, that's Flowetted Flo Malone, you guys. So, of course, um, Anthony, as we have talked about um, this topic tonight, living with a non-affectionate parent. Uh, oh, we do have a caller on the line. Um, we're going to bring them in so they can share their insight. A uh, caller from the cool. 773, last digit 4539. State your name for us. Hey, y'all. This is Tamika. How y'all doing? Hey, hey doing, we're Tamika? good. How are you? Yeah, I got. Out, I finally got home from work, so. Oh, good. I was good. listening. 
but I've been listening awesome. to y'all. Okay, awesome. Great. Well, I did share um, some of what you shared earlier uh, with me um, uh, about the situation. And so, of course, I want to give you um, your opportunity as well to give some insight on uh, because you have, you know, personally been uh, connected with this through different individuals, how have you seen uh, individuals be able to deal, um, you know, with having a, a parent who's that 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 non-affectionate parent? Well, the people that I have um, seen, um, it was hard, um, and it's uh, it was it's, it's very heartbreaking for it was very heartbreaking for them. Um, one person, uh, she wasn't really raised by her mom. She was, um, in foster care and then she was adopted by an aunt and, uh, the whole time she never really had a relationship with her father. Um, but she tried having a relationship with her mom and it just did not work out. Her mother never had that motherly instinct and, you know, that's the thing about mothers. People automatically assume that your mother is just going to love you and going to be so affectionate and, and you know, really be there for you or just be there for you, period. You know, just go through the struggle or whatever, be single care and all that type of stuff. And that's not necessarily the case. There are some deadbeat mothers who just don't, that motherly instinct never kick, kicks in. But she tried having a relationship with her mom. She wanted that mother-daughter relationship and it was around like thirteen, I think the age of thirteen, when she came back around um, and tried having a relationship with her mother, and it never, it never worked. And um, it, 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 I mean, it, it really hurt. It's kind of it hurts to this day, actually, and it's and it's very upsetting. Um, and I've tried helping her with with everything, and I know I know her mother as well. Um, and I, you know, I just accept her for, for who she is. And I, you know, suggest, I suggested, you know, you're just going to have to accept your mom for, for who she is. And she's like, I've tried that. I've tried so much and it just, just, it just don't work. So I, you know, she's tried forgetting about her and everything. Mm-hmm. And it just is, is, is very painful. And, you know, I just have to constantly remind her, you know, that, she really needs to just accept her mom for who she is and really yeah. um just 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 love her, you know, like she is. I mean, it's it's right. not easy. And the thing too is about this person and the other person as well is they both never really felt loved by anyone. So they yeah. kind of like isolated themselves. They isolate mm-hmm. themselves, have isolated themselves from you know, their family. And, and their mothers mm-hmm. or whatever. And the other person, I actually saw, you know, I helped him since he was like a teenager or whatever. Um, he's okay now, but he had to get away, separate him. He had to separate himself from his mother mm-hmm. because she was mm-hmm. really um, stunning his growth. And he had mm-hmm. to get away from her, uh, get away from her so he could actually you know, kind of find himself because she was so mm-hmm. manipulative. And I witnessed that right. myself, but then I saw how her mother was manipulative too. And this is a grown grown woman. And I've had to say say to his mother, like, hey, you wait, you need to relax, you need to calm down. Like she was anxious and all that type of stuff. And I saw what, where he, he got his anxiety and stuff from too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like this trickle-down effect. Um, both situations, both people were were suicidal. One person, I actually had to. She actually thought she convinced herself that she would be doing like a good deed by committing suicide, and I had to talk her out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, and all of this stems from it stems from not being loved, never, never yeah. feeling like you were loved, never feeling like you belonged, and. I don't care what you go through as an adult. If you're a parent, your child wants and needs your love and needs it, really needs it from both parents in order to be, you know, uh, uh, fully confident and to know their full self-worth. They they really need it from both parents. 
and it was just it's heartbreaking for me to to see these people go through that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what would be uh, because we want to offer people um, some some positive ways of mending these type of relationships, uh, Tamika? What would be your suggestion? I heard you mention to that you had mentioned to um, one of them about just accepting, you know, just accepting your parents for the way they are. But what are, uh, what would be you know two other ways that you suggest that uh, people can you know possibly um, Repair, or even just come to a peaceful point, you know, in their relationship with their parents. Well, one of them is accepting them for for who they are, and right. I think that you need to. I think there's this burden of of where you came from, and so much of of the past um, weighing down on you. <clears throat> All you have is now. That's all that you have this moment. You can't do anything about the past. So there is really is a level of forgiveness. I know it's hard, but there is a level of forgiveness that um you're gonna have to gonna have to have. And um you you're gonna have to really release that burden off of off of yourself. Um and that's what you know, that's what forgiveness um that's what forgiveness does. Um, and I guess there's really not an easy way to to say it, especially when you have a parent who doesn't who doesn't see or doesn't acknowledge or doesn't take accountability um for the damage um that, that they've done. So, you know, forgiveness and you're gonna have to pray. I mean you really are. Yeah. Because when nothing else makes sense, you try to make logical sense out of everything and you 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 can't always do that, and you really have to have faith um you really you really do have to have faith otherwise, so those are the right. the 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 two things as far as forgiveness and faith i mean you you just, forgiveness faith, and just accepting them for for who for who they are. you didn't choose to be in that situation, but you do not have to carry on that burden, you do not have to repeat the cycle, you can break that cycle. You know, that's what, and that's what I've told, you know, the people that I've actually tried to help. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony, you got any thoughts on uh, what Tamika uh, was saying? Um, No, she actually put it in in perfect sense. I I really love the way she said you have to think about the now. And, again, that's a hard process, but you have to kind of force yourself to think about what you do have and what you don't have now. And that's something that we all should practice on a daily basis. And, and I, I find it just yeah. like, like, for instance, you know, I just had a big career change. So a lot of times I find myself just at my new job and just appreciating because I'm, like, right by the lake. My view is, like, ridiculous wow. now. I can yeah. see the whole entire entire lake, the sunsets and the sunrises are just crazy. So a lot of times when I'm free, I can go right by the lake, do a quiet little yeah. meditation and things of that nature, and, it, and it's uh-huh. about appreciating it now. You know, who would have thought yeah. that I would have a career that would bring me that close right. to nature, see all these different views and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I totally agree mm-hmm. with that. And it's not a it's yeah. not an easy process. Even as we talked about counseling, that's a solution. But be be prepared for when things don't absolutely go right behind counseling. You know, don't that doesn't mean give up. That just means continue to find different helps. And you never know where your counseling come from. It might not be a professional. It might be somebody like Tamika. It might be somebody like me. It might be somebody like B Fly. Might be this show. It might be a television show you watch. It might be something you Google. So yeah, appreciate every aspect. And every resource that you have at your fingertips to try to better your life. Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. And uh, what we're gonna do, you guys? We're gonna take a little music break on Thursday, you guys. I like to do a little throwback Thursday music and play some throwback jams. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play a little music, play a few bills, you guys, and we're gonna come back. And uh, we're going to give you guys some good stuff to go out on a good note with right here on the Anthony and the b Fly show, you guys. We'll be right back. Hello? Hello? What's your only girl? Girl, I think about. You're the only girl for me. Girl, I think about. You're special. No one loves you.
And welcome back, everyone, to the MP and the B Fly Show. You guys know how to do that throwback jam by Michelle, you guys. And of course, um, I know Anthony was over there jamming. I know, I know he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. throwback. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, of course, tonight has been a uh, awesome, awesome show. Uh, and so for you. Um, Anthony, what are what are your thoughts um, and inspiration to the folks out there who who are dealing with the situation of of having you know that non affectionate parent? Uh, what are your uh, closing thoughts? Um, just acceptance of the situation um, and knowing um, that it's not going to be easy. You know, I, I think every topic and show that we bring to the table, we always you know make that a point that what we talk about is not easy. It is a process. But if you continue to wake up every day and you have that sick feeling in your stomach or you're having a headache or your shoulders or your back is always aching, that's nothing but stress. There's nothing but yeah, stress yeah. because of the way that you, you, you're deciding to continue to live your life. So if you're sick of that feeling, at some point you have to try to do something about it. And, again, I hope avenues like this show and, and counselors and, and anything positive will help you do that. And that's pretty much it. Awesome, 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 and I and I'm definitely in agreement. I think that um, sometimes you, you we have to accept situations um, for what they are. You know, we might put a lot of energy in mending things, and that can be relationships, friendships, what have you. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you have to know, and we all know, we all know what certain type of things we're willing uh, to deal with. And I think we have to come to a point of knowing what we're not going to deal with. You know, sometimes we have been acceptable, um, you know, to so much. People have spewed so much at us um, in certain manners, and so sometimes a lot of us, we just deal with it. And so I think you have to get to that point where you realize enough is enough. And even um, Tamika spoke how the young man, you know, he eventually, you know, had to move away so that he could become a man, you know, so that he could mature so that he could, uh, you know, and develop more. And so sometimes, you know, we, we have to spread our wings and, and get into a different space in life. You know, it doesn't mean you love your parents any less and so forth, um, but I think we all have to know our limits, and as everybody has said here um, tonight, is accept things for, you know, the way they truly are. So, uh, you know, Anthony, you always have um, your uh, your motivation to go out with. You got some Anthony thoughts? I forgot about <laughs> you know, Anthony thoughts, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I right? am the queen <laughs> of Anthony thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man. Uh, I don't have nothing off the top of my head. That stuff is not planned. I mean, no, that stuff is usually planned. Um, <laughs> he flies with you something else, man. You are something else. This, um... <laughs> I, I, I'll just, you know, I think today's show is talking about living in the now and appreciating what you have now, no matter what your circumstances are. So I'm kind of piggyback on what Tamika said. It would it, kind of be Tamika thought. <laughs> and that's just appreciate now, you know, live now and do the best you can now and take one step at a time. You're not going to accomplish everything over one night, uh, one month, or one year, but with complete consistency and persistence, you will. Well, those are my Anthony Absolutely. thoughts. <laughs> I love it. Kill I love it, you guys. <laughs> I know he's going to give me for that one, y'all. He wasn't expecting it. But <laughs> <laughs> was we appreciate those of you guys are out there listening on our app. That's YRN 1328, available on your iPhone and your Android. And to the caller, um, Tamika, and to the other callers on the line listening, we definitely appreciate you guys' time as well. To those of you out there listening um, through the app or through your phone or through your computer, tablet, whatnot, we definitely appreciate you guys' support. And we're going to keep you updated on when the next Anthony and the b show uh, will be. And so we're glad that you guys are able to work with us um, amongst our different schedules and so forth. And so we're going to get ready to get out of here. And um, I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, rest of your weekend. We're going to get Anthony to work on some more um, Anthony thoughts uh, <laughs> for us so he can be ready and, and prepared know, right? uh, for the upcoming show. So with that said, you guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. You guys have a fantastic uh, rest of your evening and the rest of your weekend. And we'll see you next time. All right. Take me.